You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Schofield. Uh, by the time this hits your ears, we will be a week away from the start of training camp in Oxnard, California. Um, many teams will be starting their training camp. So football is technically back. It's a week, less than a week away. So we can say that it's back. But uh, Mark, as you're preparing, I know you you got a lot of stuff to prepare for as you cover the NFL as a whole. What, what are you cramming in this week to get ready? So once the season kicks off, you're not, uh, you're not, you're not, you know, drowning and in, in stuff to do <laughs> i mean I'm, we're, connor we're always drowning in stuff to do once the season starts man uh we are finishing up at touchdown wire usa today our top um we try to keep it to 11 but sometimes we expand it because we don't want to leave guys out our top 11 ish at positions and then we're going to start rolling out our top 101 players i dropped my outside wide receivers my top 16 outside wide receivers today on wednesday and then we finalize the positions with quarterbacks for me on Friday where I'm doing a top 12. Um, CeeDee Lamb is one of the top 16 outside wide receivers. Dak Prescott is in the top 10 at quarterback. So Cowboys fans will be excited to hear that. Um, but yeah, we also, um, as part of the uh, wire network, and we can actually use this as a jumping off point, though a writer for each of the 32 teams submitted their most overrated player on each roster. Who do you think the pick was for the Dallas Cowboys? Overrated? Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott? No. It is an offensive player, though. I mean, it wasn't Dak, was it? No, it wasn't Dak. That's the first that I thought when I pulled it up, because I pulled it up just as we were about to hit I was like, Dalton Schultz? What's that? Dalton Schultz? Schultz. Who is it then? Michael Gallup. That's a weird one. I thought so too. I mean, I'm I, I'm gonna pull it up to see who was the writer. Um, let's see. I don't want to like. I, I can no, we just we'll, we'll crush him. We'll crush him. Just absolutely obliterate them. <laughs> um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Katie Drummond. Okay. Katie himself. I mean, I don't agree with that, but hey. I mean, okay, here's what he says, and I think the context kind of matters. This is a one-year conversation only, but the expectations around what Gallup could contribute in 22. Simil conceived and far-fetched. He had a rough 21, losing several weeks with a calf injury, suffering an ACL tear. The club, you know, put some spin control on it. He's a big play threat, but it's hard to fathom him getting back to premier fashion in 22 without an offseason or training camp, at least in time to have 
wide receiver two production numbers. I guess that's why I would say he's not overrated because no one's really he's like, hurt and he's coming off of an injury. Right, like, if anything, you he might be underrated. Right now. <laughs> How about this? Cause you <laughs> tweeted this morning that like, this is a roster that's going to require four to play like Superman. Right. Does the fact that Gallup being overrated because basically he's injured speak to the strength or the weakness of this roster? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to go through today, talking about some of these position battles. And I mean, not, you, you kind of hinted at it, but I sent out a tweet this morning as I was going through, you know, going, OK, what 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 position battles are just going to be super competitive? There's not a ton that like a lot of it's like you're tight in too, your yeah. third linebacker, like good teams. I mean, really talented rosters, you're competing at almost every starting, not every, no, every 11 on each side of the ball, but you're competing at wide receiver too. You're competing at, you know, on, on the offensive line. There's no competition on the offensive line. There's no competition, really good competition on the defensive line. So it's like in the trenches there, I think it, it's pretty thin. And then you look at the corners, there's not much competition there. So going position by position, I could only come up with three positions where I said, Okay, I think these battles are going to be competitive. I think they're going to be close, and I think they're going to be interesting enough to talk about. And I wanted to start off with the position where you're kind of just talking about, and that's it, receiver. Um, it's not with Gallup, you know, obviously, because we don't know where he's going to be to start the season, but it's with Jalen Tolbert and James Washington. And I think this is kind of a perfect, like, example of what I'm talking about. Like, wow, I love Jalen Tolbert, the player, and I think he has the potential to be a really quality wide receiver. James Washington has been a major disappointment since being drafted in the second round out of Oklahoma State. So you're asking you're asking one of your main training camp battles to be the wide receiver two job between a third round rookie and a disappointing receiver that's his in his fifth year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not that's great. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. I think it's interesting. You know, we're getting to the end of the Scott Fishbowl, which is like this huge like fantasy football thing. And I always kind of like it's my seventh Scott Fishbowl, and I always kind of keep an eye on what fantasy analysts are saying because you know they're they're obviously looking at things from a different perspective. It's more about like production and touches and targets and opportunities and things like that, you know, not like on the field X's and O stuff. But the buzz about Tolbert, at least in fantasy circles, is like through the roof. Like I'm in the like this like 70 person deep group chat of the people that were picking third in the in the Scott Fish Bowl in each round, the third overall and snake right. draft, things right. like that. And once you get into like the eighth round, everybody's like, you gotta start drafting Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Like this is a super flex league with a tight end premium. And people are like, you gotta draft Jalen Tolbert because fantasy analysts believe that he's not, not only gonna win this job, that he's gonna produce in a huge way. Now, I think part of that is due to recency bias in a sense. We always overhype rookies. Like we always do it because we spend guys like you and me spend hours upon hours upon hours watching film. We want to then see these guys get on the field. And we have to remember that we're asking a guy from a mid-major type conference that saw at times press coverage, but not a ton of it, to now slide into the National Football League and put up wide receiver two type numbers for the Dallas Cowboys. Like that's a big ask. Even though Washington has, like like you said, struggled and certainly has not lived up to it, I think you can attribute at least part of that to the downfall of Ben Roethlisberger's career. Right. And 
maybe with Dak Prescott, instead of, you know, the shell of Ben Roethlisberger, he can produce a bit more. It's, it's a hard one to call because with Tolbert, the talent is certainly there. Expectations are certainly high with reason. And you and I both liked him. I think you were higher on him than I was. We both liked him. But rookies, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to make that adjustment. So I'd give Washington like the inside straight, you know, the inside opportunity here to, to pull this out. But it's not one I feel confident about. Right. And like I said, like that's you were you're hoping that your wide receiver two battle in camp is CeeDee Lamb versus Michael Gallup. Like it's been the last, you know, right. three years or, or, you know, whatever. Or I mean, even going back, not to say that this is like some great player or anything, but even when like Terrence Williams was a quality player, like he was your wide receiver two next to Des Bryant, a proven guy. Like they don't have anything proven going into this year due to Gallup's injury, due to the rookie nature of Jalen Tolbert and the uncertainty surrounding Washington. So that's why I do think bringing in a veteran, whether it's T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones, Will Fuller, at least gives you some sort of, okay, this guy can be our wide receiver two or three, whatever. He can be a quality wide receiver three or a camp battle wide receiver two to compete with the uncertainty we have at that position right now. Because there's just nobody else on that depth chart that even has the skins on the wall to even compete for that wide receiver two job. I mean, so you've got Julio, Fuller, Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, John Ross, Deshaun Jackson, Odell, Danny Amendola. Those are like your top wide receivers that are still available. Yeah. Your pick of those. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like we went back and forth between Fuller and Julio. And, you know, so we, we, we did some of that, but, you know, it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those things right now where you're, Again, like I tweeted this morning, like you go through the roster and you just go, okay, they got some of that top heaviness to their roster. But when you start looking at the depth, it's just like you're kind of you're making a scrunched up face going, who's going to step up? So this isn't is, a is that kind of <laughs> like your overall concern with the roster? It isn't so much the start in 22. It's like the next 22. Yeah, like, that's right. And we all know that football is sometimes a war of attrition, right? Absolutely. Like, when you get to December and January, like you're rolling with the guys that are still healthy. Well, they, they, they get burned by that every year. It's like yeah. they, they're, they've always been a top heavy team. It seems like, I think last year was one of the more deep rosters they had, but then this year they like went away from that depth. They cut Lyle Collins when they had Terrence Steele in their back pocket. You know, they, right. they obviously didn't pay Connor Williams, even though they you know could have drafted a guard and had a really deep offensive line. And then they move on from Randy Gregory. So now you're asking Randy Gregory's backups to be the starters. And like, they completely went away from that. Like, okay, we have this deep roster. We have a good, you know, one through 40, you know, like it was tough to cut down to that 46 man game day, you know, team every time, because you had 44, five, six good players that you were not leaving. You're not giving a Jersey to on game day, but this year I'm just like, Oh, it's going to be super easy. So that's my biggest issue is I just think they, they went away from being the deep team that they were last year. And I think that's why they were so successful throughout the season. Cause they could, they could come at you in waves. Even when Michael Gallup was hurt, they still had Amari Cooper, CD lamb, Cedric Wilson. Now it's, right. you don't have Cedric Wilson or Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper. Who's going to step up and fill those roles. And I just don't even see the guys on the roster that have the ability to really do that yet. So who do you think between to go back to Tolbert and Washington, who do you think pulls this one out? Who do you think emerges as Tolbert? You do. And, and honestly, it's it's not even a it's not even like, okay, I think Tolbert's like gonna be a better player straight out of camp. I think for what 
they want to do with the offense. And let me preface it by saying, Kellen Moore isn't a guy who has like his wide receiver one, his wide receiver two is right. Right. Kellen Moore's a guy's like, okay, James Washington's going to be our deep threat guy. We're going to use Tolbert in the slot this game and CD outside. And we're going to feed Jalen Tolbert. Like he's not a guy who feeds his wide receiver one. So I think it'll be, it'll be a, these three guys are going to have their roles each week. We'll give them opportunities based on how the defense plays us. So to me, it's not like, okay, you got, cause a lot of teams do do that. They force feed Jamar chase. They force feed, you know, whoever you are, Cooper cup, but like, Cowboys don't do that. They haven't done that. Maybe they'll switch it up. Um, so in my mind, I think Jalen Tolbert will have that like second most valuable role on the team just because he's not a one-trick pony as a route runner. He can kind of play inside and outside, and that'll allow C.D. Lamb and Jalen Tolbert to kind of fluctuate between inside-outside roles. And then James Washington will do what he does, and that's run straight lines and make contested catches from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So, All right, so what's the next position battle here? All right, so the next one I wanted to touch on is another one that we kind of we briefly mentioned it just a second ago, but that weak side defensive end, right defensive end role, um, you know, moving on from Randy Gregory, I think was a a, a big you know talking point in this offseason. And while they drafted Sam Williams in the second round this year, Sam Williams was another guy where you look when you watched him and you could see the upside, but it was always when is he ready to tap into it you know like there was right. some off the field stuff there was some inconsistency stuff there's only one real year production he's probably not ready to step in year one and be a starter so then you look at okay who can start on that defensive end on the right side of that defensive line and it's two names Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler and kind of going back to their wide receiver point that's not great <laughs> I mean Dorrance Armstrong is your fourth edge guy for years was fine you know, he could come in, give you two and a half sacks a year, play, you know, 20% of the snaps. And it was like, okay, you know, quality player doesn't kill you against the run. He can give you some juice as a pass rusher. Dante Fowler has been the definition of your roller coaster ride, you know, yeah. draft pick, high draft pick, didn't figure it out, had one good year of production, has bounced around. I just think, again, you're, 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 you're going into camp letting two guys who probably shouldn't come close to being starters in the NFL compete for the starting job, and I just don't think that bodes well. Yeah, I mean, it might be sort of a, you know, D by, by committee situation where, you know, similar to what you were just saying about, you know, the wide receiver position, they might figure it out on more of a week-to-week basis. Like, right. like six weeks, it might be like, look, Armstrong, he's got a really good matchup against this guy, you know, for whatever reason. You know, some weeks it might be Fowler if he could figure it out. I mean, I, I think, man, Fowler's just such a depressing story, right? Yep. Like early round pick and he goes down in like rookie mini camp. Yep. ACL. And it just never seemed to put it together since there. Like you said, he had the one good year. Um, maybe he puts it together. I don't know. But it's similar to the Washington discussion, like you said. Like, yeah. Maybe Williams figures it out. I mean, I think He's, Cowboys can't, fans can kind of pray for that, right? Maybe yeah. he pieces it together. There's upside there that he could tap into. Maybe it's an opportunity where, you know, you come in as a rookie. Here's an opportunity for you to win a starting job in the National Football League as a rookie. Yeah. You know, maybe he pieces it together. And a lot of the knocks in him were deservedly because of off-field stuff, and I get it. But the talent is there. The upside is there. You and I have t- talked about that. Um, you know, I think this is perhaps the most fascinating battle we're going to talk about because – this is a true like starter. Like right. you're going to be asked to do a lot of stuff and you're going to be in the hands of Dan Quinn, who, as we saw last year, like 
figured things out, made some adjustments for his on his own and his own defensive philosophy. So there's potential there for you to really like grow into a huge role here. Um, handicapping it. I think Armstrong maybe gets the early nod just because of experience and being there. Um, But it's hard to deny that both Williams and and Fowler have a ton of natural talent. Yeah. I I mean, I agree with you. I think just the fact that he's been in the organization for four years seems to be very liked by the, I mean, again, listening to Jerry Jones talk on the radio for four years, you would think that Dorrance Armstrong was DeMarcus Lawrence. Like you'd think that he he talked about him like he was, a top five defensive end in the NFL. So it was right. kind of crazy to hear some of the things he would say. And I mean, again, like after wins, Dorrance Armstrong was like one of the first names that he would bring up is this guy's just playing out of his mind. And I'm, <laughs> we yeah. were like, he had two tackles, no sacks. <laughs> I don't get it. But no, I mean, I'm with you. Like another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think he'll probably get, you know, he'll probably have the best opportunity to win that out of camp just because... He knows Dan Quinn. He's been in the program. You know, they're, they know him. Um, and we know the Cowboys like to stick with people that they know. Um, they yeah. don't know. They don't sign free agents. They don't really like trading for guys. It's people that they're familiar with. So I think Dorrance Armstrong, like you said, has kind of got that inside track. Um, Dan Quinn does is familiar with Dante Fowler. So I feel like he might have, right. you know, a little chip on, you know, a chip in there to, to maybe step in and, and prove himself if he's able to stay healthy and, and show some things during camp. But I mean, like, like you said, it's the most interesting battle in my opinion, because I think you can make a case for all three of those guys, you know, Dan Quinn, Jerry Jones, love Sam Williams throughout the draft process. Dante Fowler has, you know, one year of really high production has the high, you know, draft, you know, background pedigree has the coaching with Dan Quinn before, and then Dorrance Armstrong's familiarity and just being around. So I think you can make a case for all three of those guys to win it, but I'm, I'm with you. I think Dorrance probably pulls it out at the end. And I think it is still more of a committee type approach. Like I don't think Dorrance Armstrong is going to play 90% of the snaps by any means, but. No, it's, it's, I just pulled up the four sacks he had last year and like, Three of them were like pure effort sacks. It's a coverage play. He's like, he chased Kyler down from behind, like laying down. Like, you know, he had one of Mahomes. It was, he had one against Atlanta where they actually kicked him inside on a third and nine. And he put a pretty nasty like move on the guard here. Um, And maybe this is also kind of going to be his use. Nice little swim move there. Um, But maybe it's like, it's going to be by committee and you might 
see two of the three guys on the field on third down situations as right. pass rushers, whether it's Armstrong and Fowler, whether it's Fowler and Williams, whatever. Um, so I think, like you said, they're all going to see time. And maybe this is one of those situations where like it's a starter and name only type thing. Cause like right. Armstrong might see the first snap of the game, but then play like 25% of the snaps. Right. Right. No, no, I agree. Definitely. Um, so the last position I really want to talk about, then if we have something else, we can. And again, it kind of goes back to my overall perspective on this roster going into camp. It's kind of kind of boring in my opinion, but it's the the tight end two position behind Dalton Schultz. You got rookie Jake Ferguson. Uh, you got second year guy Sean McEwen, and then veteran Jeremy Sprinkle, who's kind of been a journeyman. And again, going back to it, like if that's they play a ton of tight end two set sets. That's my biggest thing is. Yeah. They rely on that second tight end a ton, <laughs> and you don't have – I mean, again, if you ask me right now to put a bet on who wins that job, I would just – I'd run. I'd try to run away because I've yeah, got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a don't make me put a bet down situation, Connor. Like, it, a lot – man. The thing that works in Ferguson's favor is his background and where he's coming from because I think particularly if you're going to go 12 – Dalton Schultz can block, like, don't get me wrong, and we've talked about it, but if you're asking him to, like, handle defensive ends one-on-one right. on a consistent basis, like, you're you're not doing your job if you're Kellen Moore. Like, right. you need him involved more as a receiving threat than a blocker. Right. Um, so I think that second tight end spot is going to be asked to do a lot of blocking. Ferguson comes from an offense where he was asked to block a ton. Like, I think the interesting thing with his evaluation, I remember I was talking about it, was it was more like there's untapped potential as a receiver. Right. Not like we usually see with rookie tight ends. It's like, oh, there's potential here as a blocker. It's more he's a blocker who can actually catch. So I think Ferguson – it's either Sprinkle or Ferguson, I think, in my mind. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I'm, I think we kind of underrate Jeremy Sprinkle at times just because his name's Jeremy Sprinkle and he's like <laughs> – He's been the third or fourth tight end yeah. for yeah. so many years. But, I mean, like, he is a quality blocker. He's just not the dynamic receiver. Yeah, absolutely not. But you don't need your tight end, two to be a dynamic receiver. No, you need him to get to the flat and catch a ball if he needs right. to. Like, that's pretty much it. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, what you said where it's like, can Jake Ferguson do that as a rookie? We'll see. If he can, he has the highest ceiling out of those yeah. three they seem to like Sean McEwen a lot. I mean, he's played some, he's been around, but I just, I've I seen, see it. I've seen nothing that t- makes me think that he's, you know, a, a starting caliber tight end, you know, in a, in a two tight end set. But I mean, like I said, I would hope that like my, my, my take on the tight end two position is I would hope Ferguson would come out and win that because yeah. that would give you good feelings about what he's developing into but I'd be perfectly okay with Jeremy Sprinkle being that second tight end. But again, it keeps going back to my original point. Like it's not great. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that, that's, not good. that's you know, if we're going to put a title on this episode, it's not great. Might be this sort of <laughs> title for it because I mean, you're right. Dalton Schultz, one of the game's top tight ends, but after it, it's a question mark. And, and we're seeing that at some of the other position. I mean, McKean's interesting because it's just like, yeah, I mean, they asked him to block a ton. And then you look at his route tree, and it's like two steps into the flat, buddy. Like, yep. can you do that? Like, I don't see a lot of untapped potential here. I see a lot more upside with the other two guys. And, like, Sprinkle is interesting. Like, there are moments when he flashed, I think, when he was with Washington for a little bit. Yeah. Like, you can see, okay, well, there's something here. 
I, I, I do think that I'd like to see Ferguson win this because it would speak to, all right, they, they got something here in the fourth round when they picked this kid. Um, but yeah, not great. Not great. Well, before we get out of here, I just want you to pull the Cowboys depth chart up real quick. I'm looking at it. Tell me what position we left off as far as like these super intriguing camp battles, like, like impact battles, you know, where it's like, okay, can, can, who's the wide receiver one between CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper? Who's the tight end one against Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin? Like those have been the conversations of camp battles going into the year, you know, and Connor, you know, it's been, there's been some questions about center, you know, with, with Tyler Biotish and Connor McGovern and, you know, right tackle with Terrence, like there's no swing tackle, you know, camp battle really. I mean, it, both of those guys are bad right now. So I'm just, I want to make, like put it on your perspective and let me know if I'm just overthinking something or if I'm being too negative about the roster or no, I mean, you're not like, (laughs) you know, linebacker three after Vander Esch and Parsons, like, are we, are you just going to like put Cox there as much as I'd like to, you know, confirm my priors there are we doing that um you know me qb2 is always a fascinating one yeah and you know it, this to your tweet from earlier this morning this might be the old ted macho like look if four goes down we're bleeped and we don't practice bleeped and that's right you don't really care about qb2 because if, if four goes down look you know where the season ends like i said i'm sure people are listening to this podcast just angry that i'm being negative before we even get to camp I'm just letting you know that the most interesting training camp battle right now is currently the kicker position where a rookie out of Texas tech and Liram <laughs> Pearl Julia, who's never kicked in the NFL other than I think he has two field goal attempts and one extra point attempt. That's your, that's probably your most competitive starting battle. And it absolutely is looking <laughs> at this roster. I mean, besides that defensive end spot we talked about. Yeah. Kicker might be. And plus when you, I don't know. I, yeah, kicker's the most intriguing one right now. Bad, buddy. There's going to be people at Oxford like follow the kickers everywhere they go. And again, please understand that me and Mark came on this show last week and ranked the 10 best players in the NFC East, and the Cowboys had the most people in there. Yeah. We're not denying that there's talent on this roster. We're just denying that there's a lot of questions. It's, not the, to- it's not the top. It's the depth. Yeah. That's what we're worried about. And, you know, I'm a lot older than Connor. I've been around to <laughs> – to, to realize that like you need depth in the national football league yeah. kids. And, and again, maybe it can, maybe they sign Anthony Barr here in a couple of weeks. Maybe they bring in Julio Jones in a couple of weeks yeah. and you go, okay, cool. That roster I mean, just got a little bit deeper. It is, it is only July 20th. Things yeah. can change by August 20th. Um, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. All right. For the next half, we're going to fight about Madden rankings. Um, oh so. dear God. Don't make me do that. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, <laughs> I stopped caring about Madden a while ago. Like yeah, that was like 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I will say it's funny cause my son will play video games in the next room and he'll play Madden. My, my son's this, the weirdest kid on the planet. He simulates offense because he just wants to play defense. Play defense, yeah. Interesting. And I keep telling him, I'm like, you might be the only person on the planet that does this, but he, he likes it because then he plays he plays uh, free safety in football, and he's just like, yeah, I'm reading all concepts. I'm like learning things. I'm like, you're still weird, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I stopped caring about that a long time ago. Some of the rankings are like. I saw Cowboys fans losing their mind over Micah's speed rating. Right. And I get that. 
I yeah. get that. Believe me, I haven't watched him because I ranked him like top five edge, top five off ball linebacker. Right. Like, and every every play I had, it was like, look at how athletic and he runs a four three eight. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely in what, what was, was it like 88 speed? Like what? No, that was his overall. That was his overall. Oh, that was his overall. His speed, Which is yeah. even worse, I think. But <laughs> yeah, so. But I don't care. It's a video game. Like I'm not going to get. It's a video game. And you can change the rankings. Right. Like you can change the rating. Like, people, like, people were literally freaking out yesterday because Miles Garrett was graded higher than TJ Watt. And I was like, I mean, and maybe I'm crazy here, but like, that's not crazy to me. <laughs> The, like, it's it's not that crazy. Like I think a better not, season last year, but like <laughs> they're both so talented. Right. Like, and that's the other thing. Like when you're talking about the difference between like a 99 and a 98 or a 96, right. like come on, come on, like, come on. They're, come on they're all insanely good at what they do. Like relax, you can change the numbers if you want. Like don't lose sleep over this. It's just another sign that we just needed football back, man. We do. We're, we're losing our mind over that and yep. and reforms. Yep. But um, by the time we're back next week, probably won't have a practice to talk about, but we'll have things related to training camp to talk about because first practice is a week away. starts on Wednesday um, in Oxnard, but we'll have some State of the Union stuff from Jerry and Steven, I'm sure. Maybe you'll have some signings to talk about. There will be plenty of things to kind of we, talk we about. We made it. We made it. It's been a, it's been a boring, <laughs> wrong, just – Terrible off season, but we're here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people tell me all the time, like, "What do you do in June and July?" And I'm like, "It's tough. Pick it up as we go." It's tough. We rank yeah. the the ten best NFC East players. <laughs> and we talk about wine and pizza. That's right. Yep. So the NFL let us down, and they did not have a uh, a sponsorship. Although, did you see the SEC media days? Bush's baked beans is now the, like the official bean of the SEC, <laughs> and they made personalized cans for all the media members. Like Alyssa Lane on the SEC Network, she like tweeted out like the huge can of beans with Alyssa <laughs> on it. Like, Jesus. I want to cover the SEC, man. Yeah, no kidding. Get beans. No kidding. But um, cool, guys. We will be back next week, next Wednesday. Training camp will also be back next Wednesday. Uh, so we appreciate everybody sticking sticking around and joining, uh, joining us every week, um, joining all the other shows as well. Make sure you're following those along on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed. Uh, we will be back next week on Wednesday, and training camp will also be back next Wednesday. So we'll have a lot of uh, better things to talk about, I should say, um, coming up. So appreciate you guys for hanging with us uh, through a slow time. And we're excited to get football back. We're excited to uh, see some more Cowboys football. So we'll be back next week. We'll talk to the Star. See you later.